Thanks for downloading this episode of the Backstage Podcast. It's going to be a two-parter, and it's going to be a little bit different. We have two guests here in studio, but through the magic of technology, we will have some more guests out of studio calling in, and we're going to put theirs together. So let's go with our guest first. Tell us who you are and what you do for a living. My name is Grace Jacobson, and I am currently a driver for FedEx. And if you don't recognize the voice, if you did not watch the message on Mother's Day, Grace was our guest. We interviewed her, got to do a surprise with Tracy, who is going to share her side of the story. That's pretty incredible, and we'll recap. If you haven't watched that message, you can go on YouTube and catch it on demand. It's great. It's very, very powerful. We're so excited to have you here. But today, you also brought along your better half, worst yes. half. We'll say okay. He's my better. All right, go ahead and tell <laughs> us who you are and what you do for a living. Well, I'm her husband, Brandon <laughs> Jacobson, and I work for uh, General Dynamics Information Technology (GDIT). There we go. So Brandon and Grace are here, and Robin has not spoke yet as, as well. I Robin am here. did a great job interviewing Grace, coordinated, hey. brought it all together. It was my honor to be a part of it. It was powerful from the moment Grace told me several years ago about her story. I can't wait for if you haven't heard it, I can't wait for her to share it with you. But really great, um, great experience on Mother's Day. So thankful for so many people who were there and the feedback that we've received. So I think if you're hearing the story for the first time on the podcast today, you too will be challenged, changed, blessed by um, by their story. And we're hoping this goes more in-depth, a little bit longer conversation. So if you've not watched that full interview, I highly recommend go do yes. that. Go check it out on YouTube. Subscribe to The Simple Church on YouTube. You'll get the full 35-minute story of that. And now we're going to kind of follow up. So let's just recap. If somebody hasn't seen it, Robin, you met Grace through baseball. Yes, yes. Um, baseball we, moms. We are baseball moms together. Our sons, Jack and Everett, um, played Dixie League ball, travel ball, we had, it's just a great way to get to know people in your community. And you become a little small group and you feel like you know people. And then Grace and Brandon moved off to Washington, D.C. area with the military. And one day Grace shared a picture of herself with two twins and was basically, I can't believe it's been like seven years since, or eight years since I was pregnant with these twins. And I quickly sent off a message and said, um, excuse me, I'm going to need more information. You hadn't met those twins. I had not met those <laughs> twins. I only knew um, her two boys um, that lived here. I'd never met her twins. And then if you saw Grace and Brandon in person and you see their picture, you'll notice that the twins don't look like either of them yes. either. And so that was another thing. I was like, um, wait a second here. So there was a lot more to the story, and she um, shared with me that she had had those boys through surrogacy and the power of that story. Um, I can't do it justice. So that's why I'm glad that Grace and Brandon are here to share their story. And um, uh, I'm interested today besides Grace's perspective, but Brandon, you were walked through that journey with her too. And I think that's just an important story to share as well as just what that was like for your wife going through that experience and not even being able, well, I don't want to jump ahead, but just you, you can jump in and share your thoughts and feelings along the way too. Absolutely. So Grace, let's go back. Let's back up a little bit. I don't think it was covered in the interview. What made you initially decide, you know what, I want to be a surrogate and then Brandon, I want to hear from your perspective. When she comes and tells you that, what was your initial reaction? So Grace, you start us off. Okay. Well, um, throughout my younger years, when I was in my twenties, I, I wanted, I like to, donate my eggs to people who couldn't help or who couldn't have their own babies. And let's dive into that though. How did, did you read a magazine article? Did you see it on the Today Show? How did you even start thinking <laughs> about that as a thing? Because I don't think that's on most people's minds. Right. Well, it's funny because the same way I found out about the surrogacy was the same way I had found out about the egg donation when I was younger. Just, um, I was looking for jobs 
And the, these ads were in the classified ads as well. So hold on, time out. If somebody's listening, a classified ad was a thing <laughs> in a newspaper <laughs> that you would true. actually go read pre-internet yes. yes. and it would go and list jobs. Yes. So it's like reading um, Indeed on paper. Right. Say that. Physically <laughs> hold it in your hand. Yeah, it's yes. a different era. Yes. So um, when I saw that, it was intriguing to me to be able to help these people who I d- wouldn't even know, but... Um, because being a mother was such a big part of my life. And I enjoyed being a mother, you know, so much that just to think about these people that couldn't have children. And if I, if there was anything I could do to help them, then that's what I would want to do. So how old were you when you became a mom? I was 20 when I became a mom. Because I'll say if you were starting, talk about that in your 20s, you were pretty young. Yes. My first child was born um, when I was 20. And then... I donated eggs twice after him, and then I had another child when I was 27. Okay. And um, I donated once after after Everett. So. Um, and then where did y'all get married? When did how old were you? Well, I was married before. Okay. And um, Brandon and I started dating when my oldest son was two. Okay. And he's been his dad ever since then. Mm, that's awesome. awesome. So. Um, we have been married or together for almost 20 years. Next month, it will be 20 years. We've been together. Happy anniversary. Yay. And, um, but married, we almost got married exactly one year after we started dating. So married cool. for 19. So had you donated the eggs pre-marrying him or is that something y'all talked about together? No, um, no, we were dating when I was donating the eggs the first time. So let's let's go to Brandon's side of that. You found this amazing woman. You're going on dates, and she just drops that casually in conversation. She's like, "Hey, by the way, um, it wasn't that big of a deal for me. Um, there is, it's more complicated than it sounds. Sure, you have to give yourself shots. So yeah. really, that's the only thing that I was, and she could do it all day long. And I was just like, I don't want to. I can't see it. I oh, can't. I don't think I'd want to either. Yeah. And so there's a financial incentive to it, and uh, enabled us to. Um, we both come c- kind of from humble. Uh, starts and so it enabled us to do some things as young adults and so you get to help people and have a financial incentive so I wasn't the donating eggs wasn't a big uh, bridge to cross but then that leads to the next step of that right right and that was um, we we had been married for you know a while then and I there was something I didn't mention before was that I really did kind of want to have my own child at that time and he didn't want any more kids. <laughs> One and done, huh? Yeah, he was we like... We had two. Yeah, oh, a second. Okay. Yeah, we had two together. Um, or, yeah, we had two sons. And then I wanted to have another kid. And he was like, no, I, I'm not on board with that. And I was like, oh, just... I really did want to be pregnant again. I loved being pregnant. And um, I had just graduated from college. And I was looking in the, in the um, classifieds for a job. And I was having trouble finding a job. Or at least a job that would... Like, I wouldn't just have to be working to pay for daycare right. <laughs> for a young oh, child. Yeah. And um, I saw this opportunity, and like he, he mentioned about the egg donation, there was a financial incentive to um, surrogacy, but this was a lot bigger commitment mm-hmm. because I was giving my whole body for nine months plus, you know, for, for this surrogacy. And um, he was afraid that I would not be able to let go of the baby because he knew I did want to be pregnant again. And, um, but I've just felt like it was a win, win, win all around because I got to be pregnant. 
I got to, you know, help with some financial burdens um, from college. And then I also got to help these people who could not give birth themselves. And that was, that had to be the biggest thing because if that wasn't the biggest um, goal in my mind for this, it it wouldn't have worked, right. you know? So, I mean, that was just my main motivation was to be able to help these people because I just knew how, how much it, it would hurt to not be able to have them mm. have the kids. So did she convince you, you come around? How did that process work for you? What eventually was it that you decided, okay, let's go for this? Yeah, it took about a year <laughs> of us talking about it. It started off as just something funny to talk about and then it got more serious. And, um, and this time you were living in California? Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, we were stationed at Vandenberg Air Force Base, California. Oh, okay. And so I was already well into my career, so the finances weren't a big deal. So the incentive is large, but not enough to, you know, really change your whole life. And so for me, it was like, well, we don't need it, you know, per se. It wasn't like right. we were struggling and this would get us out of debt. It would have just been extra and help us uh, bring down her student loans. Mm-hmm. And so I said no at first, but really it was just I knew – you know, in my mind, I was like, you're not going to be able to give up she's the set. baby. Uh, oh, yeah. So, because she's very emotional and she gets attached and, uh, and. She's very much a nurturer. Yeah, 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 definitely. And so, I think just the reason why it wasn't so hard, though, is because the last time, the, the eggs can be a very, um, like, you just donate and you go away and disappear. The mm-hmm. second time we did it, I think we got a letter or a phone call from the agency. And then the third time, she actually connected with the person who used it. Um, and she gave us, like, a gift basket. But anyways, a large letter. And it didn't mean a lot to me at the time. But I was just like, wow, these people can't conceive. And um, when we tried for our second child, uh, when you're ready to have a kid, it's the hardest. Right. And so the joke was, man, we should get into a fight, get into some financial trouble, maybe drink, and then we'll have a kid immediately. <laughs> hey, yeah, all this call itself. Because we, we were like, hey, let's, we were ready financially. Everything was set and took us seven months. And already it affected me as a man. Mm-hmm. Um, not yeah. saying women don't go through but as a man, that's like our job. Yeah. And it happens whether you want it or not usually. And so now that we're ready. So yeah. even in seven months, I suffered mentally from that. So just knowing that, people go through this for years oh, man. and so yeah. it wasn't a big bridge for me to cross I was more worried about her health for one um you know that's a scary procedure mm-hmm. at the time and then um letting go of the babies yeah absolutely yeah. I know anecdotally two couples immediately that they tried they ended up adopting or fostering and they got pregnant after that mm-hmm. oh, wow. and it's just that mental stress I think that is a big deal and it's hard and I agree ways a factor for sure so Robin let's go to you perspective is that something you ever considered you thought I'm, I could be a surrogate I could do this no because <laughs> m- uh, my body and my sisters none of us really enjoyed pregnancy we um Yes, my sister Emily had to was an experiment on how to make sure she continued to be able to keep fluids in when she was pregnant, and that was mine too. So we pregnancy was not fun for us, and so for anyone, when I hear somebody say, "I just loved being pregnant," I just think that is so amazing, and I'm so glad for some people that that's a gift. Because my wife is three months pregnant right now, and oh, she does congrats. not love pregnancy. Thank you, and yeah. she does not just say, "I wish I could do this all the time." So to <laughs> hear you say other, that is funny. Yeah, yeah, but I do know other people who do just love the feeling. Um, you know the how they feel. Just all the things are firing, and um, right. and some people's systems work better with that than others. So was never something I considered. <laughs> Have always thought it fascinating. 
for people who've been able to do that. But I've only, only stories I've known about are people who've, who've done it for like a, um, a sister who had cancer right. and they couldn't ever conceive. And so she knew. personally carried, um, the baby for a, you know, a sister or a cousin or something like that, or even moms who go and do that for their daughters. But, um, but yes, I'd never, ever thought of that. And I would guess most of the time when you talk about this, most women you talk to haven't thought about that, say they couldn't do it. Is that something you feel like most people, when you tell them your story, you're like, oh yeah, we'd never do that. Right. Yeah. Most people that I talk to, when I mention the word surrogate, they just it's just not something that's in their normal thought process. Right. <laughs> so they say, really? You were, you were a surrogate, you know? And I'm like, yeah. It just, their eyes get real big. And yeah. It's oh, just I just, normal. yeah, I can't imagine. Just the hand, handing the child off, number one. But even beyond that, just, you know, what it does to your body and all the things that you go through physically, mentally, emotionally, right. in that it is a big, it is a big sacrifice. And I know it wasn't something you, you took lightly, Definitely. I mean, if it had gone according to plan. Right. So exactly. I did feel like not saying I didn't take care of myself with my own kids, but I felt like I was taking better care of myself with these kids because, or at least I was trying to, because I was, these were not my biological kids. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to do my quote unquote job, you know, right. I wanted to make their babies as healthy as I could. Right. So. Right. I mean, when she talks about easy pregnancy, at least from external, and usually you would know <laughs> as a husband if they're having a hard time, but very minimal um, sickness in the first trimester. And then from there, it, I had to, like, tell her to stop going outside. She would play football with our oldest all the way up until she could barely move. With and Everett? Yeah. yeah. So I think just sleeping was the hardest part. Yeah. I think all women have that. And then she got the big pillow and I had like a fraction of the um, <laughs> bed but other than that oh yeah I'm she, living that right now yeah, <laughs> yeah. I totally understand yeah. but really like only like the last two as, as a husband you would like the complaining if you will only like the last two weeks of the whole pregnancy and then she does you know I know every wife glows but she gets all these compliments like she's glowing mm. and so she definitely does you know, have that uh, yeah. better pregnancy story. And so it made sense when she wanted to, to do that. Do yeah. that. Have any of y'all seen the movie, What to Expect When You're Expecting? You ever saw I don't it? think so. Okay, so one of the characters is that they're pregnant at the same time and she just loves it and it's great and she <laughs> the other characters throwing up and oh. miserable and sick. And you sound like the one that everybody kind of hated in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> that easy. No yeah. offense, but no, that's a great thing. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, I, I really did enjoy being pregnant. So, I mean, it made sense to me that if there was anyone that could do this, be a surrogate and then it was me awesome that's great so we're telling your side of the story now through the magic of editing we're going to talk to tracy we're going to go and hear a little bit of what was going on in her life leading up to where y'all's paths collided so let's go check in with tracy we are now with tracy and matt on the phone all the way in colorado you guys introduce yourself tell us what you do for a living and where specifically y'all actually live um well i'm tracy ragushi we we live in colorado springs colorado um, I am a stay-at-home mom, but also working on my nursing degree currently, and so I also work in the NICU uh, a couple nights a week as a CNA. And, and I'm Matt Magushi, and um, I work uh, in the food compliance world, that like food safety, fun. sustainability, <laughs> organic, that type of stuff. 
Gotcha. I was just reading up on the um, shortage for baby formula and all the stuff that went wrong there. I don't know if that would be you or <laughs> yeah, not, but I literally was just reading that this weekend because we have a guy in our church that's looking. I was like, why did this happen? And it's fascinating. It's a mess. Yeah. We need more people like you checking the stuff, apparently. <laughs> so what made you decide to do that? Let's back up the story because obviously we're tying into Grace's side of the story. But when did you guys, you said you have your own bio kids, but when did you guys decide to foster, adopt, go through all that process? So foster care and um, adoption has always been on my heart, something I've been interested in since I was a teenager. Um, and I was nannying for different families. I, I read an article about how, it, and this was back in the 90s, I read an article where they were having a hard time placing twins and triplets and they were getting split up in adoption. And it was just at that point in time, it talked to my heart like, that's what I'm going to do. If I can't have my own kids, I'm going to foster and adopt multiple so they're not split up. Um, and, and then I met my husband who, and I'm a foster kid. Yeah. Who is a foster oh, wow. kid. Um, and so I was the first one she adopted. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, and so then we had our first daughter, Serafina. Um, and that same year that she was born, my, um, grandfather had a, a four year old at the time that he could no longer raise. Um, and so he was, he was either going to go into the system or we were going to kinship foster him. And we said, no, we're not going to let him go into the system. We're going to kin. So kinship foster care is when a family member steps in and does the foster care um, for the county, basically. And so we stepped in and we took him in at that point. He came to live with us. It opened our eyes to our, that world. And his was a crazy case because his mom was also still involved. And um, she was at that point in time, heavy into drug use. So, we went back and forth with her and visits. And so it truly was foster care, even though it was kinship. Mm. Um, and it wasn't until he was seven that we finalized his adoption. And it was a long, wow. long road. Um, but and then it was about six months to a year later that we learned about David and Jonathan. And we're like, I was like, we're ready, Matt. We finalized Sam's adoption. <laughs> like, we're good. So, Matt, tell us about you growing up in the foster system. What was that like for you? What was that experience like? And how did that contribute to you deciding you wanted to be a foster parent? Yeah, so I was in kinship foster care my whole entire life. So, um, uh, not my whole life, but from the time I was 12. My mom was, um, was on drugs, um, and I was the oldest of five kids. So I took care of them for the time I was eight to the time I was 12. And then um, there, there was a, a situation in which the state decided to take me out of the house. Um, and so then it was uh, moving around to different family members. So from the time I was 12 to the time I was uh, 18, I had lived in, um, uh, lived with two different grand, grandparents and an aunt and uncle. And um, uh, everything I owned was like in a duffel bag. So I, I knew, I know exactly what these kids are like when they're, when they're in foster care. Wow. Do y'all watch This Is Us? Have you seen the show? Yes, I do. I, my husband does it though. I was like, that pretty, pretty close to home for him. Cause there is yeah, a storyline yeah. in there. He, he's not really into those type of storylines. He lived it, right? It's not yeah, as entertaining. Exactly. Oh yeah. It's like Lifetime. Like my wife would watch Lifetime all the time. And I'm like, I can't watch this. I lived it. Like I'm not right. interested in this. Wow. <laughs> Oh man, I'm glad you can laugh about it because that's, man, that's a, I cannot imagine what that was like and going through and how incredible that you decided instead of being bitter, being angry to go and help someone else. All right, so now we're back with Grace in studio and Brandon and we're talking about you are pregnant, you're about to give birth, things are, well, early on, you're pregnant, you're excited, things are going well and you go to a checkup and everything kind of changes. Talk about that right. stage of the pregnancy. Okay, well, um, 
I was 19 weeks pregnant, and I was a little bit earlier than when they normally do the anatomy scan. But um, since I was having twins, they pushed me in a little bit, a little bit quicker. I was able to. Um, this was the first time I was meeting with the intended parents. They flew out from Detroit. Um, that's where they lived at the time. And what was that process like? Do they let you choose? Do you have any say? It's like, here's a book of people. Pick the ones you want to do. It's like assigned to you. I was actually in the quote unquote book. Okay. So when they were I, shopping for you. Yes. <laughs> when I signed up for, um, when I registered with the surrogacy agency, they kind of put me on their website as a potential surrogate. And then people who were looking for surrogacy um, would look through and see if like our ideals matched up and they liked me, you know. Yeah, and what is it like a bio? Is you have like a? Oh yeah, yeah, I had to fill out so much paperwork. I had to do a personality test, no, multiple personality tests. Um, they wanted to make sure, you know, I'm not gonna go crazy or anything sure. like that. And I had to have successful pregnancies before. Mm -hmm. They wanted to know all about my pregnancies, just because you would think that they would be the same. Right. So, um, so when you actually sign up for it, you're like, this is exactly what I thought it was great. Or like, this is not what I thought I was going to sign up for. It, it was exactly what I thought. Really? Okay. I mean, I knew cause from donating eggs, okay, they yeah, had to sense. know actually more about me from the eggs because mm. they needed to know my background and my heritage and things like that, because these children were going to be biologically mine. So they wanted me to be as similar to the mom as possible. Yeah. Um, but they didn't need to know all my, heritage for the surrogacy <laughs> yeah did, did you do like ancestry.com like did you know all that already how did you I, you're doing the eggs um that we didn't have ancestry back okay. then at least that i didn't know yeah. about so it was just talking to my family members and finding out where they were from so it was really just hopefully my parents were telling the truth <laughs> right because <laughs> you know? justin our pastor is a famous story where his whole life his dad told him that they were german descent and then he did that and actually they weren't at all <laughs> like really? their whole family story was not oh, what no. they thought it was it was more <laughs> scandinavian kind of side surprise oh, wow. uh -huh, really but they really did it was like oh and the but dad that's just like just that's what i've been but told what had been passed down right sure right, right. Yeah. yeah so you don't know so i was curious of how intense that was or what that looked like yeah or. and i mean it was important for some people to have like since I played sports. Yeah. So they wanted someone athletic, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. But with the surrogacy, it wasn't like that. So is it like you in uniform with pictures posing? Oh, I had lots I, of pictures, Yeah, too. I bet. Yeah, but for the egg donation. I mean, I think I had one for my surrogacy um, profile. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so they chose me. This family chose me. I Only God knows why they chose me. Right. But um, we seemed to hit it off from the start. You know, we would... They, the surrogacy agency let me know that they chose me, sent me their, like, bio, and I looked it over, and I said, yeah, they seem cool. So at that point, you could have refused if you wanted oh, to? Oh, yeah. Though? Okay. Like, they could choose me, and if I didn't want to choose them, then... Swipe right. So it was, mutual, <laughs> yes. it was a mutual... You had to mutually choose one another. Yes. So okay. after they chose me, like, I said, yes, I do want to communicate with them, so we would um, email back then. We would mostly just email, and we did have a couple phone conversations, and once I got to talk to them and hear more about their story and get to know them a little bit more, then I said, okay, yes, yeah. I do. Are you comfortable sharing some of their story? Like, what was their story? Um, they were in their mid-40s. They were originally from China, and they had moved from China to Canada. So they were actually dual residents of, or is that the dual word? Citizens. Citizens yeah. of Canada and United States, and so that's more than dual, and China. So... Um, they moved to China or to Canada, and then their jobs. They were both engineers, um, 
took them to Detroit, and they were both engineers for car companies, different car companies. That's cool. And um, they were real sweet, and the mom just had um, fibroids, so she mm. couldn't get pregnant. They had tried, and um, to no avail. Yeah. So, and they really wanted to have their own kids. You know, they had ruled out adopting, and they wanted to have their own kids. So we did try the first round with her eggs, and it was unsuccessful. So that's when we went mm. with a, a younger donor egg. Yeah. So. Okay, oh yeah, because I don't know why it's just now hitting me. Because I was, but her eggs would have been forty-year-old eggs, and yes. yours were not. You couldn't even be uh, do donor eggs anymore once you right. get to your thirty. I was too so. old, and she didn't want somebody who looked like me. That <laughs> she wanted, yeah. um, you know, an Asian right. looking Someone. baby. Mm-hmm. So. Um, there yeah, was no I didn't think about that. The age of her eggs yes. being a right. factor, but they did want so, to try. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but they, yeah, they did want to try. So we. So does mm-hmm. the surrogacy get donor eggs too? Is that another company like they're going and talking to each other and sending donor eggs? How did all that work? Or maybe you uh, don't yeah, know. They, yeah, they did have to work with a an egg donation company, and I think I'm not recalling sure. if it was the I'm just, same. The company. logistics of that is so that fascinating. Is, yeah, but yeah, they they used a, a donor egg the second time and. Both of those embryos took when they implanted them in me. So, and that was important to me that however many they implanted, we mm-hmm. that's how many you were going to get if they both took. So, let's so. go back, Brandon, to you now, sitting where you're at. Are you excited when this happens? You nervous? You feel like, okay, it's getting real. What is your process as a husband it's walking twins. through that? That's <laughs> well, yeah. we, um, to go back a little bit, when we first started, we went to California. Um, to sign the paperwork and do like a one last, are you sure? Right. And uh, they told us, I mean, she scored high on like IQ, personality, um, all of the health stuff. So they were really excited. And then we got to the no termination clause. And if you're not familiar with this world, it can be a little scary. People, they're called vanity births. Um, You can terminate for eye color, predisposition to anything. And we're all predisposed to something, yeah. mm-hmm. um, hair color, height, predisposition, and we had a no termination. So the lady, um, and this is like high end California, like everybody has like, you know, just they look like California people. And, uh, <laughs> and we're from California. We're from okay, California. there you go. I'm not, but I <laughs> yeah, picture somebody yeah. in my head when you're saying and that. And so they, um, they were like, what do you mean no termination? We're like under no circumstance unless it's going to kill grace and the baby at the same time like if nobody's going to survive so the surrogacy comes to y'all to say this is what we're going to do and y'all push back and say we don't want that yeah and they were shocked they were like well just you score so high are you sure you're not going to get selected no nobody goes into this without a no termination and we're like well let's just put us in the database and if you know we weren't huge christians at the time but it was basically like if god selects it then so we left like well that kind of sucks but we're in the system now. And so by this time, we were all excited that they were selected us with knowing right in the bio, a no that, termination. Right? A big deal. So did so they spring that on you? Is that something no, you didn't know? we talked about it at yeah, dinner and everything. But yeah. I'm sorry, like the surrogacy. So the whole process, did they say at the very last meeting, this is something we're going to do? We or? didn't know the extent yeah. of termination until that last meeting. Yeah. Um, now, she, she's very smart about this stuff, so it's not like we went in right. unreasonable. I wasn't. Um, she knew mm-hmm. all about it. So we knew there was terminations for, like, some things, but we didn't sure. know that it was as bad as, like, and I say bad, but, you know, like, vanity. as vanity yeah. as hair color and eye color. So both of us were kind of like, no, and you have to answer, like she said, a million questions, and it felt like she was selecting no to, like, 
I mean, it was pretty cold hearted, like some of the things you have to say no mm. termination to. It's not like we were being outlandish right. with some of these. Right. Um, but we That's had a almost yeah. absolutely none. You can't, by law, there in California, there's no, no such thing as a no. There, there will, you have to, somebody has to survive, basically. Yeah. Right. And so um, even that, we, you know, we were nervous about because we were like absolutely no termination. And um, so the fact, so going back to your original yeah. question, so the fact that we were selected with that big of a asterisk on there. So, so if you were honest, you kind of thought, okay, this is going to eliminate us. We're never really going to exactly. get picked. Exactly. Yeah. So Did you feel that, that way, Grace? I knew that if it was meant to be, it was going to happen. Right. Yeah. So, and I knew that I, that wasn't something I was going to compromise on. Sure. So. Mm-hmm. All right. So then that actually happens. Yeah. So then um, it was exciting at that point. And um, to hear their story too, I just, you know, it's not really high on guys. Priority is, <laughs> right. um, but to hear about um, they're from China and fertility is very big. And to hear about some of the drama that happened internal to their family was just kind of heartbreaking. And I mm. felt like we were really helping them. I mean, just their, the gratitude. And we went to Red Lobster. It's not like we, <laughs> we spent a lot of time with them because they had to go down. We lived three hours away from this place. So uh-huh. they came back from there, ate dinner with us, and then had to go back down. And it was just like this level of gratitude I've never experienced before. Mm. Like we were really helping them out. Like mm. the, and then the way the mom was talking to Grace, you could feel it like in the air that we were connecting. Yeah. yeah like, she was always just wanting to touch my stomach and oh give man. me hugs. And she, she brought all these gifts for our boys. And yeah. she, she was, How old are y'all's boys at this time? At this time they were five and 11. Okay. Yes. So what was the conversation like with them? My 11-year-old, we didn't, he didn't really. He's a teenager. Yeah, he was just like, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. And um, my five-year-old, he was very adamant also that he did not want to be, he wanted to stay the baby. So Funny. he did not want me to get pregnant with our own kid, but he was totally fine with. Give it to somebody else. Yes. I was like, this baby is not coming home <laughs> with that. That's so funny. That's. <laughs> can yeah. see it. I can see your sweet Eliza being like that. That's okay. You should yeah, keep going. I have a three-year-old going on four, and we're having the third, and she's excited um, to be big sister. But okay. it could have gone either. We weren't sure how she was going to react because she yeah. likes being the baby too. So I could yes. have seen it easily yeah. flipping. Yeah, so he wow. was. But the interesting thing, um, my husband told me when we gave our test, when I gave the testimony at Yale's church, that um, my boys hadn't heard the whole story before. Oh, wow. So um, they were shedding some tears because mm-hmm. they didn't. Now that they're older, they're 21 and 15, now they were able to hear it and, like, really understand it oh, more. Man, yeah. So it, I think it was really cool for them to be yeah. able to hear yeah, it. Yeah, it's too. not dinner conversation. This right. Time. This so, is just going to yeah. casually come up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Speaking oh. of that. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. right. Wow. Yeah, All right. So you meet the family. She's touched her belly, excited. Everything's great. They're flying home. Everything's just moving along. Yes. So they, they were able to come and see the anatomy scan at when I was 19 weeks, and it was amazing. Every, they were measuring perfectly. Um, there was no problems. Um, everything, we were on cloud nine that day, just, you know, meeting them in person, and then everything was going great. So, um, and then the next week was my normal appointment with my OB, and when he checked me, he had this concerned look on his face and he told me, well, your cervix is shortening a little bit. And I was like, I don't know what that means. Right. <laughs> Cause that had never happened to me before. And, um, he told me that it's a sign of preterm labor. And I was like, but I'm not having any contractions. You know, I just, I was totally oblivious to all of this because I had not had yeah. any of this happen before. 
So, um, and you weren't feeling bad. No, I was feeling great. Mm-hmm. And, um, so he said, go home and just be on modified bed rest for a week and I'll check you again next week. And so I went home and tried to stay in bed as much as I could right. with two kids. Right. <laughs> Which is not very much. Right. I can speak from experience. Right. I yeah. mean, and I, d- I mean, like Brandon was doing all the housework and cooking all the dinners and I was just sitting there man. like, I feel fine. I really want to help, you know, but I, I, d- I, I did what I was told and I laid in bed for a week. Um, so then when I went back at 21 weeks and he checked me again, I was hoping that he would be like, oh, okay, you're good. You can go back and do your normal yeah. thing. No. He said, immediately, you need to go to the hospital. I'm calling your admission in right now. Don't even drive. I want your mom to mm. drive you. And you lay down in the back seat. And I just remember laying down in that back seat. Everything was fine a week ago. Yeah. yeah. Just like in a fetal position, like what's going on, you know, and why is this happening? You know, it's just like, it just blew my mind that it just went from zero to a hundred in, you know, the blink of an eye. Mm. So it was very shocking and scary. Sure. At the same time. So. Oh, absolutely. So during this process, just a random practical thing has came to mind. Are you going to these appointments like your dad? Is this, because I think I'm going to these appointments with my wife and doing that. And I know it's not your kid, but at the same time, it's your wife and doing that. What was that like for you? If you were like, I'm just trying to put myself in your headspace of, man, that's a I mean, it was hard. <laughs> complicated. I have and you have two boys. Yeah, and I was um, active duty Air Force oh, at the yeah, time. Oh, yeah, so it's so, even more complicated. Yeah, I mean, you could just tell God's work from the beginning is that at this time I had the world's best supervisor. Mm. And so I couldn't even finish the story. She was just like, take whatever time you want. Wow. And so I was able to get off early. Um, and it was a very stressful job. It was a really important job. and But she's... She's like, mm. this is more important. Mm. And so the first week I had to get off early um, to be there when the boys got there. And yeah. her mom, we only lived three hours from um, our hometown at the time. Okay. And so um, her mom was there, but I still had to do household oh, stuff. Yeah. She helped with like the small stuff. And, um, but yeah, my work was amazing. And then she called me and um, she was hysterically crying and. Which could mean she just watched a sad commercial at the time, you know. <laughs> sure. Could have been a million things. Again, I'm living it. I know. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So I didn't even, I don't know all these things. Like, she says she doesn't know what that meant, but she she has all this medical knowledge. That's her kind of hobby and her passion has always been medical stuff. So when she's telling me this stuff, I have like, what What do you mean? Right, oh yeah, yeah, if somebody I'm says cervix is shortening, you're like, is that okay. good or bad? <laughs> like, are you going to die? Do you need your cervix to survive? I mean, what is... What Do is I have a cervix? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> and so I just, I had nothing to grasp on Yeah. But when she said um, permanent bed rest, and uh, it was only 20 weeks when they... It was, was the 21. 20th week. And just yeah, in case so somebody knows, typically 40 weeks that's is full right. term. So you're so halfway. I was like, it's could like, this be 15 close. weeks of... And the hospital... Um, is an hour plus away oh, and this man. is california on the most it's beautiful but the most uh frequented freeway so when i say it was 45 miles it could easily have been five hours away mm-hmm. depending on afternoon traffic so it was it was a tough phone call so oh yeah it wasn't that bad but the day my first daughter was born was the day of the red river flooded here oh no and so oh. they had it one lane shut down trying oh. to go in labor from benton to <laughs> shreveport hospital it took a 30 minute drive about an hour and a half and that was bad enough so oh i can't imagine goodness. five hours oh that's nothing compared to what you went through though but still. Well, that's it always on stressful. our mind though because um a part of her quick burst is also the labor she she has babies oh. in an instant and so mm. with our oldest, we were in Germany, our, our youngest, we were in Germany, 
and uh, they weren't going to induce us. And we lived an hour and a half away. And Grace was like, I have babies like quick. You need to we need to have a date. <laughs> and um, when they induced us, uh, this is my first kid. Her second. They were like, we're going to give her a shot. It's going to take all day. Um, these inductions take a lot longer. So are you ready for this? I was like, well, it's my first. Yeah. And so they were like, um, OK, so, you know, the doctors only do stuff for like two minutes. And he comes in and checks and he's like, OK. We're going to have a baby. And I was like, wait, you told me it was going to be all day. <laughs> this is only two hours. And then they tell you numbers, right? Right. One centimeter, two centimeter. And he just goes in there like, yep, it's time. And, and the four, there was, it was no from meters. <laughs> from the shot, from the shot, or no, from the admittance to end was four hours or from the shot to the end? Um, it, the whole, from admittance, because he was born, we checked in at like seven. <laughs> four hours. And he was born at noon. So, I mean, but by the time, like, the actual labor was like an hour. Right. My sister-in-law, just for perspective, has had 38 hours of labor. Wow. This past month, about a month ago. So when we're hearing (laughs) about the cervix shortening and then that she's going to give labor, you know, like, I was just thinking, like, this can happen one minute from now or 15 weeks. So you have no concept of time to even, like, mentally prepare. So it was a hard conversation. It was just... One Everything phone call changes, changes our whole road. So now, again, y'all have not met. You don't know each other. Tracy's not entered your story, but you're at this pivotal moment trying to, to figure out what's happening and what goes next. What is the next step in this story? Okay, so um, when I entered the hospital, I was 21 weeks, and the doctors were really just focusing on getting me to 23 weeks because that was what they considered the age of viability. Like, they would see babies um, be able to be sustained and you know be able to live after being born at 23 weeks because we were in a a level three NICU so they were able to to take a lot of you know premature babies and they would live you know perfectly healthy lives at that age so um I did a bunch of steroid shots um I had a procedure done called a cerclage where they sewed my cervix shut doesn't sound pleasant. No. <laughs> that you didn't wasn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I've never heard that term. Me either. Uh-uh. And I didn't mention that on the normal, on Mother's Day, just because I think that that's kind of graphic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it does it was, not sound enjoyable at all. Right. It was, and I had to be but put you under. extraordinary measures to keep those babies right. inside. Because I just, yeah. I oh, wanted so you to. Had to be, you had to go under sedation to yes. do that. And oh, wow. I knew there was. They were telling me all these like, we have to let you know that this could happen, this could happen, this. Could, and it did they offer termination at that point? Was that no. something the doctors or anybody? No. no. Okay. Um, I think maybe they already knew about Your file. <laughs> yeah. Because they that never entered the hmm. the conversation. But I, um, I going into that surgery, I had recorded a goodbye video for my kids and my husband oh, wow. I, death was not one of the side effects that was her thing but one of the <laughs> side effects that i had you to, never know yeah. yeah i know i know but one of the side effects that we did have to wrestle with was a possible uh what is it called hysterectomy yeah mm-hmm. was that if it goes wrong that yeah. it could affect her future of and we already decided but still that it's Just not a permanent decision we were right. so I wasn't worried about that. She was apparently, but um, <laughs> that was a con- well, one of the side effects. Right. Mm-hmm. So. And and the request for the cervix to be closed was a request of the family. Yes, that was the not um, the doctor's decision. That was the intended parents' request. Okay. They asked for that, 
And are they getting medical information like live sit to them? How are they communicating with is it with the surrogacy? They were um, no at that time they were communicating with the doctors via phone. So they would talk to them and say... Because of the surrogate pairs, they can do that? They, they have get the more information than she did. Yes, because... They would call them first. It was, le- you know, legally, this baby, these babies were not mine. You know, they were theirs. So I was just kind of like the vessel. And I had to give permission to to get the surclage. You know, they asked me, hey, we really want to do this. There's a this much percent chance that it will help the baby stay in there will you do this for us and if I really didn't want to I would have said no but they really wanted to do it and I felt like it would help the baby stay in there Um, one of the side effects of it was that I could go into premature labor like contractions from there and um, I was scared of that because I was like well what if I go through this and then it backfires and then the babies are born Um, and then I did start to have contractions and that's when they put me on this magnesium drip that was the worst part of my whole stay in the hospital really yes because it it was I felt like my body was on fire for Mm. days that I had to be on it I think three or four days and it was just I felt like I was burning they have to do suicide checks on you when you're on it they give it to women um for about an hour sometimes after pregnancy and even that can be excruciating and so some of the women on this floor I mean we're at like the top tier Southern California place for this and they um you know it it does have a side effect meant that side effect labels if you just google it is like hundreds of pages long it was wow yeah it was tough and all I wanted to do was cry but I couldn't cry because it brought me pain to cry (laughs) Oh my God. So I just remember, like, they would force feed me, you know, to make sure I was eating. And I was just like, this is horrible. But the you parents, the, the guy would text me. They were sending the her. The surrogate like, dad. Yeah. The, they would send her, like, iPad. They sent her, like, a fancy iPad, like the newest model. So they were still all, at this point, still all on, on board. Yes. Board, they, yeah. they sent, like, back then in 2012, you know, iPad was pretty yeah, new. new. Yeah. Um, but they felt so bad that I had to be separated from my family that they bought me a new iPad so I could Skype with mm-hmm. my family. That's generous. Because, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have. And that's because of the yeah. distance? Is that really why? Right. Because I only got to see them in person once a week, maybe. So um, it, they wanted to facilitate you know they wanted me to be as comfortable as possible right so they were really great and um so I had no reason not to when they asked me to do something of course I'll do it you know of of course I'm do whatever I can to get these make these babies stay in Mm -hmm. and um we did make it to 23 weeks and I had a party in my head you know and the babies were doing great they were um, measuring perfectly you know fine for their age for their gestation and um but that's when after the 23 week mark and I was so happy that's when things kind of changed and the intended parents um, had made the decision that if they were born before 25 weeks that they would only receive the comfort care which is not comfortable at all (laughs) to me you know they just would wrap them the doctors told me was what they would do is they would wrap them in blankets and put them in the bassinets and basically let them pass they wouldn't do any life-saving measures on them and I was mind blown like why we made it this far these doctors are well qualified and their only answers were there's a this much percent chance of them having 
blindness. That was their main thing, of, that they would be blind. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a this much percent chance that they'll have this and that. And at 25 weeks, or, you know, less than 25 weeks, and I was just like, this is just a day. You know, it's just yeah. a, a date. It's, there's no, who knows what God can do. I mean, I know now what God can do with this. Right. You know, but I was just devastated and so confused. Yeah. So it, it was really hard for me to hear that. Absolutely. So we're going to end part one here. If you want to hear the rest of the story, if you've heard or know how Tracy and their family entered the picture, do that. Make sure you subscribe to the Backstage with the Simple Church podcast. We'll be back next week. You'll hear a little bit more from Tracy like this. So I went through the record um, to find basically find Grace's name because I knew if there was a surrogate mom out there that had no idea what had happened with these babies, she wanted to know. I just felt it in my bones. She wanted to know. So I went through all the records and finally found her name on one of the papers and Facebook found her and I wrote a message and sent it off and I just prayed. I just prayed that she was going to be grateful to find it and not like, oh my gosh, who's stalking me? (laughs) And to want to hear the rest of the story, make sure that you tune in, subscribe, you get it wherever you're at. Thank y'all for coming on part one. We're going to continue right where this drops off in part two. So make sure you listen and subscribe.